from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast, Thursday, March 16th, 2023. You know what that means? Tomorrow's March 17th. Do you know what that means? St. Patrick's Day. That's right. You get to wear green, eat green eggs, drink green beer. The color green just becomes central to all the festivities that our Irish friends all celebrate in honor of St. Patrick's Day. I remember one year I celebrated St. Patrick's Day in London, and they had a huge parade and just liquor flowing everywhere. It was just amazing. It was great. Loved it. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning in this morning. We're live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. I see some comments saying some people are having challenges with the LinkedIn stream, but I do see some people on LinkedIn commenting. So, and and it is running on our on our sim- simulated environment here as as we're airing. So, uh, if you're having any issues, you can always always the most reliable platform to watch us on is YouTube, bar none, hands down. We've never had any issues with YouTube. We've had consistent issues with LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. So just keep that in mind for all of you tune in. And I know LinkedIn's convenient, but YouTube's uh, stabler than LinkedIn when it comes to video. So good morning, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the show. Big, big show today. We're wrapping up this week. We're going to be talking about the FBI IC3 crime report for 2022. We'll be talking about several bugs and vulnerabilities that have uh, impacted the federal government, as well as some good guys prevail and some new cybersecurity rules coming uh, ahead to all of us here. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Before we do, though, Later today, I'll be doing something I've never done in the five years, uh, almost five years of doing the show. I've made a top five list. That's right. Now, I've done top fives like stories of the year and whatnot, but I've never done something around cybersecurity startups. This is a non-paid segment that I did. The blog's already available on the website. You can go check it out at cyberhoppodcast.com. The full video will be out at 1 p.m. Eastern today, so tune into that. And now, without further ado, let me grab my double espresso. Join me this morning coffee cup cheers we'll start with the teltric um teletric sorry teleric bug that's being exploited to steal federal agency data the unpatched microsoft web server allows multiple cybersecurity threat groups to steal data from a federal civilian executive branch keep let that sink in there for a moment the unpatched three-year-old microsoft internet information services web server has the federal civilian executive branch compromised last November from last November to January of this year after threat actors were able to exploit the .NET deserialization vulnerability from 2019 CVE 2019-189-35 in the agency's Microsoft Internet Information Services, according to CISA. CISA, along with the FBI and the MSISAC, have issued indicators of compromise and warning teams running the Telerik UI for ASP.NET AX, uh, AJAX build from earlier than 2020 who are concerned about unpatched to immediately implement a patch management solution, ensure compliance, validate output from patch management and vulnerability scanning against running services to check for discrepancies and account for all services and limited service accounts to the minimum permissions necessary to run it. Uh, these are the people that are supposed to kind of help us manage our lives and yet a three-year-old bug walking around just unpatched and now they've got to issue it after data has been stolen after data has been stolen sis has also added the uh, adobe cold fusion bug to its must patch list as it's being exploited in the wild 
So let's hope this one gets patched quicker than the <laughs> first one we just talked about. CVE 2023-26360 is the Adobe Cold Fusion version 2021 and 2018 security bug that was patched yes on Tuesday by the Adobe Patch Tuesday. It allows improper access control weakness. It can be abused remotely by an unauthenticated attacker in a low complexity attack that doesn't require interaction. Adobe is aware of this. The government and CISA have tagged this as a must patch issuing, uh, putting it in their Kev, the known vulnerabilities, uh, known exploited vulnerabilities um, catalog. So you want to make sure you get this patched. Earlier this week, the FBI released their IC3 report, and I waited till the end of this week to really bring it one because there's a lot of data in there, but really what's 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 important and what's not, that that's up for debate. A bleepy computer has this headline that ransomware hit 860 different critical infrastructure organizations in 2022, according to the FBI report. There were over, uh, we'll get to that, 870 complaints that indicated organizations that belong to critical infrastructure were victims of ransomware attacks. Of the 16 critical infrastructure sectors, 14 had at least one member fall for it. As you can tell, the defense industrial base had one with healthcare and public health leading the way with 210 ransomware attacks last year and critical manufacturing with 157, government with 115, financial services at 88, food and agriculture at 48, and communication and energy at 17 and 15, respectively, um, there with the number of reported ransomware attacks. Some may have not been reported, by the way. Uh, there is no requirement to report this yet. Uh, that, that requirement uh, comes came through after this uh, report is being released. Uh, Lockbit seems to be the number one perpetrator of said ransomware attacks. The FBI shared a list of immediate measures uh, that can be taken to defend against ransomware attack, including updating and implementing and, and patching uh, your uh, softwares that's that's true user training that's also uh critical ic3 that go for those who don't know is the government website where you can report cybercrime, and and one of those is if you take a look at the report currently so there were eight hundred thousand complaints last year down from 2021 but the amount of money that was lost in reported crime last year was 10.3 billion dollars so the amount of reports went down that could be because people just didn't report it paid it moved on or the people who did report it were paying more than they did the year before in cybercrime if you take a look from 2018 to 2020 this is nearly uh not doubled not tripled not quadruple increased five folds uh, in terms of losses being reported a death by a thousand cuts is there you can see the full annual report um, I've got it right here, and it's in the show notes, so everyone can download it and take a look at it as well. And the, and the report goes into a whole slew of additional details, including kind of some of the tech support scams, some of the extortion scams, the non-payment, non-delivery, meaning you know fake e-commerce stores in Facebook, link in, in in Instagram or TikTok, where someone goes and orders a product but then never gets it, or sends a product and never gets paid for it. Uh, personal data breaches and phishing. If you can see, phishing has really, really decreased uh, in 2022. In fact, significantly increased. While you see the uh, decrease, sorry, but the increases you see come in extortion, in tech support, personal data breaches, as well as non-payment, non-delivery. So threat actors are updating their capabilities, which is to be expected. We also need to be updating our trainings just 
the same. We'll also move to our next store here, and you can catch the full report, read it. It's a good weekend kind of overview. SVP-related cyber fraud is on the rise after the bank's collapse last week. Threat actors didn't wait long to start taking advantage of what's happening here with SVP, with the uh, SVP phishing campaigns starting with different kind of um, uh, domains being set up, different phishing, reaching out to uh, companies and organizations and trying to uh, leverage the bank collapse in order to either uh, gain access to environments or even uh, try to get banking information or new banking information in order to uh, create more uh, theft. And so that's something to keep in mind here as well. Authorities shut down the chip mixer platform. A coalition of law enforcement agencies across the Euro- Europe and the U.S. announced the takedown of the Chip Mixer, an unlicensed cryptocurrency mixer that began its operation in August of 2017. The Chip Mixer software blocked the blockchain trail of funds, making it attractive for criminals looking to launder illegal proceeds from criminal activities. The coordinated exercise, besides dismantling the clearnet and dark web websites associated with Chip Mixer, also resulted in the seizure of $47.5 million in bitcoins and seven terabytes worth of data. Mixers, also called tumblers, offer full anonymity, all, uh, full anonymity for iffy by, com- uh, com- <laughs> by co-mingling cryptocurrency from different users, both legitimate and criminally derived funds in a manner that makes it hard to trace the origins, thus helping cyber criminals evade detection through what's supposed to be completely transparent crypto uh, and then blockchain technology. Chipmixer, the world's largest decentralized crypto mixer service, is estimated to have laundered over $3.75 billion worth of digital assets. And um, so that's one that's been taken down and well done for the good guys there. And finally, uh, our last story of the day here from the Wall Street Journal is the SEC has now prop- is now proposing new cybersecurity rules for financial firms, uh, brokers, and asset managers would have to notify customers of data breaches as part of a, a draft of cybersecurity and resiliency rules the SEC proposed yesterday. The customer notification requirement would give firms no more than 30 days to alert individuals whose sensitive information was likely to have been accessed without authorization. The new rule would come alongside additional expansion of the SEC's 24-year-old regulation governing financial firms' protection of customer data, which SEC Chair uh, Gary Gensler tied to soaring reports of identity theft. The SEC's five commissioners voted unanimously in favor of the proposal, though the two Republicans on the panel expressed some reservations about how it would interact with other state-level rules. Some states already require financial firms to notify customers of data breaches, but the SEC never adopted an earlier proposal to establish a federal standards. Commissioners voted 3-2 along party lines to propose another pair of rules designed to strengthen institutional defenses. And they said that some of these elements were duplicative or redundant and could create confusion, which wouldn't be anything new for many of us that deal with regulatory. We know that some rules just crash and clash with the others. So the three rules proposed on Wednesday will be open for public comment for at least two months before the staff begins to finalize them. So if you're in this industry and you've got some feedback about the rules, uh, you have the chance to now comment on them in order to save yourself some of the paperwork later on. That's it for our show this morning. Thank you all for tuning in. Later today, I'll be dropping my first ever video to my top five cybersecurity startups I'm watching in 2023. It's also already available in block format on our website at cyberhelppodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. We'll be back on Monday live at 9 a.m. on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. 
where you can catch all the latest cyber news. Have a great weekend. Y'all have a happy St. Patrick's Day. Thanks for tuning in. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.